Ladies and gentlemen, this next reviewer discussion is scheduled for one podcast. Join Chris Vint and Mike Lacey as they make up the dynamic team of WrestleShock. Welcome to episode 6 of WrestleShock uh, Yeah, so we're entering the ring today With various entrance music Whose entrance music will we have You know, like To bring us to the ring Get us all amped up Will it be somebody like Coco Beware's music Or Hacksaw Jim Duggan If you're from America You can go, oh, USA Or will it be Sergeant Slaughter Or somebody like that So, yeah, I could be Hacksaw Jim Duggan And my other uh, tag team partner will then be uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan which is Mike Lissy hello Mike hello hey uh, see it's because we're both fans of Thundercats that you know it just comes up so so easily you know with us going hello or I could say that about Lita but it's rated PG so let's not go any further than that um, so yeah we've been Mike and I have both been surprised and really um, appreciative of everyone who sent in um, the their top 10 wrestling themes some have spent a little bit too much in theirs and you know like some people have actually given us their current and their classic ones and some people have spent like a, a couple of hours doing theirs and whenever I got Mike's list uh, it was quite Mike hasn't seen my I've seen my Mike's list. Mike hasn't seen mine, so it's a bit of a surprise. So, how That's long did it fair. take? Oh well, life isn't fair. <laughs> life sucks, and then you die, as oh. Vince McMahon said. So, um, how long did it take you to come up with yours, Mike? Or was it a case of, I know there was somebody I worked with who kept changing his. Now, for me, the the top five or so were were like right off the top of my head, and then I was kind of going back and forth with about seven or eight so there were probably two or three that didn't make the cut of the top ten so it, I mean, it came pretty easily but uh, I kind of had to decide who I wanted to keep in and who I wanted to drop off at the tail end of the top ten there <laughs> yeah and also before we start um, we have to mention that um, also if you're on Twitter um, you could follow at WWE DVD News um, he's actually one of our sponsors now uh, he'll actually be tweeting stuff you know to do with upcoming reviews um, of DVDs and things like that upcoming DVDs I know he was saying about a Zack Ryder one which I have no interest in woo 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 you uh, know I don't, it I don't know it uh, <laughs> I know nothing and uh, Undertaker Streak DVD or Blu-ray which is coming out soon so yeah make sure to be following him very appreciative of him for actually um, saying that he would sponsor us so yeah we'll put everything down at the bottom on Twitter and his, Facebook, his uh, web page as well if you want to click on that uh, yeah so we're going to kick it off I'm going to read one Mike's going to read one we'll basically just talk about um what we have you know like if anything springs to mind that's kind of obscure and We'll not give anything away with our list, isn't that right, Mike? No, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Fingers are, uh, lips are sealed. Okay, uh, I might say something about Mike's list and just reveal it right now, <laughs> just to spite him, but I doubt it'll do that. Uh, we also have an interview from one of our um, contributors here, uh, which you'll hear about uh, once the name's mentioned. Um, it goes on for about half an hour or so, but uh, just to do with the WrestleMania experience. So if you haven't been to WrestleMania thinking of going gives you a pretty good insight into that so we'll kick things off uh, the first one is Pablo Mosquera I hope I've said your name right Pablo and if not it's Mike's fault um, <laughs> so yeah he writes hi Vintoman I'm an all time Masters Chronicles listener absolutely love the show why thank you and of course I'm a Wrestle Shock fan too I really enjoyed the Wrestlemania episode so yeah there you go Mike 
<gasps> Yay! So here in Spain, WWF. Oh, sorry, can I say that? Or it'll have to be WWF. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, WWF was aired for the first time in 1990 and became huge. Everyone at school talked about Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. And we used to play WrestleFest in the arcades. But it was wiped out from TV in about 1993. I had no exposure whatsoever to wrestling until 2007 when I came back to TV and I started watching the game and became a huge fan. Thanks to YouTube, I've been watching what happened mostly in the 90s and 2000s. Man, I missed the best times. You really did. So in my list, you'll see mostly new stuff. But uh, I don't want to bore, bore you with that. So here's my top ten list. You never bore us whenever you write stuff, especially things like that. It never bores us because it gives us an insight over to what like the wrestling was like in uh, Spain or Japan or wherever. So I'm going to do his from number ten to number one. That's the way they'll all be done. Is number ten to number one. Uh, so number ten is Batista. I walk alone. Just love this song. Good choice. Number nine, Kane. Slow chemical person. Perfect music for Kane, just perfect. Number eight is Santino Morella. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce the uh, title <laughs> for that because it'll be like La Vitro e Mia. I don't know if that's right. So if not, again, play Mike. Um, excellent mix of metal and opera. Love it. Uh, number seven, uh, Dude Love, and he writes in brackets. Sorry, Chris Foley fan here. I'm smiley face. That does make up for the fan here. Uh, fa- fact you're a Foley fan but <laughs> uh, number 6 was Stone Cold Steve Austin I Won't Do What You Tell Me number 5 Edge Metalingus uh, Perfect Entrance Thing uh, number 4 Undertaker R.I.P you know you just hear the gong and that's it uh, number 3 is Daniel Bryan Ride of the Valkyries epic love the original and this metal version is awesome Number two, Triple H, the game, it's Lemmy, you know. And number one um, is Mr. McMahon, No Chance in Hell. Fits so much with McMahon and his walk, and the track is great. Kind of surprised at number one, three, and eight there, if I'm being honest. The Mr. McMahon, the Daniel Bryan, and the Santino Morella. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, Mr. McMahon, I guess I, I didn't really... I be honest with you, didn't even really think of Mr. McMahon because I don't consider him to be a, a, a wrestler, and I mm-hmm. kind of you know just had it in my mind that I was doing wrestler themes. But it absolutely fits in. It's definitely uh, iconic and definitely fits into the whole Attitude Era, and is very you know was always very prominent with yeah. uh, w- with him coming out. Uh, number eight, Santino. It, it's yeah. not, it's not on my list. But uh, <laughs> don't give it away, Mike. Oh God! <laughs> it definitely brings a smile to my face every time that the the, the, uh, the opera starts hitting. And uh, I I love Santino. He's uh, uh, he's definitely one of my one of my favorite characters uh, ever in WWE history. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know that Alan had... Uh, yes, Alan Price pops up on here. Sorry for all you folks who thought you got rid of me, hadn't. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> um, he was... Uh, I think one of the ones that he was going to put on his was Shane McMahon. Because, of, you know, like the here comes the money, that one. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, over to you, Mike, with the next one. All right, next one is it comes from Paul York. And starting number 10, he has uh, Kurt Angle. Number nine is Christian's This Time is Your Own This Time You're on Your Own. Number eight, Macho Man, Pomp and Circumstance. Number seven, Hulk Hogan. Not sure which uh which Hogan theme that is, but I'm I'm well, gonna go assume with, it's real American. Yeah, I think with if anyone writes Hulk Hogan it has to be real American. <laughs> uh number six uh the model Rick Martel. 
Number five, John Cena's So You Think You're Untouchable. Number four, CM Punk, both se- both themes. Ah, that's cheating. That That's two for the price <laughs> of one. Number three was Chris Jericho. Number two, Triple H, the King of Kings. And number one, Demolition. I like, I love the Demolition theme. Um, it's, it's a really, really good one. Um, with the likes of that, the Rick Martel one's really surprising, as is Christian's This Time You're On Your Own. Um... I did no. I did say that he could have CM Punk's both themes as one pick because he did ask me because he is a um, fan of uh, Total Wrestling Show. And that's where him and I kind of uh, cross paths. So um, he did send me a message on Twitter asking if he could use that, and I said yes, you can. So he was cheating, but it was a lot <laughs> cheating. So it was. So there's people who are going to be jip. But I didn't know that I could do that. But anyone's there, stand out for you, Mike. Um, CM Punk uh, Cult of Personality I really I, I always loved that song back from the, the late 80s the whole just when Living Color had had brought that out as a single it was always a song that really struck a chord with me so I was actually really really pleased when CM Punk started coming out to that uh, back in the summertime so that's that's definitely a, a theme that, that, that hits the mark for me um, you, you obviously have here some of the uh, the big time big time staples with Hulk Hogan, um, and I'm a real American, and the Macho Man, just absolutely iconic themes from back when uh, you know guys our age, you know guys in their you know early to uh, early to mid thirties. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, really? so much of the early, not mid. Come on, thank God you didn't say late. You know, when we really started getting into you know, WWE in in that you know mid eighties range. Those themes just because those characters were such you know so so much larger than life, those are really the themes that stick out in my mind to where I really started getting ingrained into wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to see those names on, on quite a few more lists as we go down. Plus the fact that back in the, those days, you know, with the likes of say Hogan, uh, Warrior, Savage, Slaughter, um, Hacksaw, there was a lot of them that were just it was just music. There was no Singing, yeah, no you know, like H- Hogan's there was, you know, but then you know you do you did have like quite a lot of them, like flares, say. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones here, but I should really have thought about this. Uh, but like the Million Dollar Man, he had you know stuff in his, but it was uh, kind of a case now. It's if you don't have, I think it was Alan said, if you don't have lyrics in your song, you're not going to mind too much. Yeah, and it was actually back then kind of the the oddity. It was kind of the one that was out of the norm because most of the themes didn't have lyrics, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, like I said, you think of the, of the Macho Man. There's no there's no lyrics there. You know, it's just the the, the hard hitting. You know, the the music that that hits. And the fact that even like you you mentioned uh, Ted DiBiase, there's not really singing. It's just kind of him speaking in in the background yeah. behind the music. So a lot of what you know, if you did have lyrics, a lot of times it was the wrestler themselves providing the lyrics. So that yeah, like kind of Le- yeah, like Legion of Doom at the start or Shawn Michaels. Right. Example. So that's kind of where where Hogan's kind of stepped out and is kind of different from the rest because he it, it, it's not him providing the lyrics for the song. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the next one, which is K K J. Tremian again. I hope I've said your name right. Apologies if we don't say your name right. Um, it's kind of a case of I'm just trying to pronounce it as it's spelt. And it's um, my fault. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's Mike's fault. <laughs> nice to, thanks to claim responsibility there. Um, yeah, KJ has two lists here. He has a current and an all-time. Um, so his current from number 10 is Randy Orton, so it must be voices. Um, number 9, Cody Rhodes. Number 8, Mark Henry. 7 is Christian. 6 is The Rock. 5 is Dolph Ziggler. Uh, 4 is Chris Jericho. 3 is The Undertaker. 2 is Triple H. And 1 is CM Punk. So pretty much you know what you could expect there with Mark Henry thrown in for good measure uh, and his all time one is number 10 is Batista number 9 is Shawn Michaels number 8 is The Rock number 7 is Stone Cold number 6 is The Brood 5 Triple H 4 Undertaker 3 Hulk Hogan 2 DX and 1 is Edge um, so I think again Edge is going to be one that's pretty much going to pop out an awful lot here. Uh, the one that stands out the most there, because we haven't had it, is The Brood. Uh, I know one of the people on down the list that I work with um, really wanted to add that in, and I think he was going to, but decided not to, and added something else instead, which I shall divulge later on. Um, any ones there kind of stand out to you, Mike? I agree with the, with the Brood. I, I really like their music. I always liked that whole the whole theme with Gangrel and Edge and Christian kind of in, in the in the goth in the goth genre there. Um, Edge and Christian, my my, fa- my favorite point in time w- with them is, is the uh, is the five minute pose, but <laughs> but after that it's the Brood. That's you know where we kind of came. I I know Edge kind of wrestled for you know a short time before. Uh, really uh, hooking up with Gangrel and, and forming the Brood, but f- for me, that's where I really started to notice them. And Edge is an all-time all-timer, you know, WWE Hall of Famer, and that's really where he got his start. I remember going to me and uh, me and my wife when we first started dating. We went to a bunch of house shows, and mm-hmm. and it, it was during that time period. You know, the, the Brood versus the Hardys was kind of the the big uh, tag team rivalry there. And I, I always, I always in, enjoyed their entrance, and and when that music hit, and it, it was just always pretty cool. And then the, you know, the bloodbath afterwards was, uh, was always fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Now, definitely, um, Randy Orton here. I got to give a shout out to, uh, to Buddy here because he's been playing a lot of WWE 12, and he, uh, he created, we, you know, did the, uh, the creative superstar mode. Mm-hmm. And he chose voices as his entrance theme. <laughs> well, speaking of which, um, Alan will probably kill me for saying this, but um, we were around at his um, last night, and there was myself, uh, Jim McCrory, and Alan, and we were sitting there and we were creating a stable because we wanted to play six man tag and all we'll be on the same team. So um, we picked Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, and um, Shawn Michaels. And you know the way you have the preset, um, like, character moves, the way they come into the ring? Right. Yeah. Um, we decided to go through theirs, and uh, came out, and uh, let's just say Stone Cold Steve Austin from that night was Melina. <laughs> That's right, folks. Stone Cold Steve Austin came out, give it stacks, you know, like, pointing, and, you know, it was looking fabulous, and did the splits. <laughs> And it was one of the funniest things I think I've seen. Uh, we then had them. We then finalised it with um, DX video, 
uh, legacy theme music and Spirit Squad entrance. So you saw <laughs> you saw Stone Cold kind of beating his chest, walking down. Shawn Michaels was kind of waving his arms up in the air, and Triple H was doing cardboard box around his head. And it just like if you if you want to do that. Um, I think it was um, trio number three or four. Do that with legacy music, and it just fits perfectly. Uh, it was just so hilarious. And then we did one as well, wherever um, Stone Cold was actually in the place of Natalia, so he was actually lifted up onto the onto the ring by Shawn Michaels and Triple H. But it was hilarious because you had no idea what was coming. Um, <laughs> the NWO one looked cool, but the, that was just hilarious because I was not expecting that, and just the amount of laughter we had just whenever you said that, Mike. Sorry, I just, I just, <laughs> I just, I had to say, but it does tie in the entrance music, and we picked Legacy's one. There was also Irish Patriot, which kind of was all fiddly D music and uh, <laughs> sounded sounded brilliant, but just didn't go well with them, you know. <laughs> All right, the next submission we have is from Terry Plateau. I, th- I hope I pronounced that right. Um, Your fault. Starts out- <laughs> yeah, see, it, it, it's definitely my fault. <laughs> Number 10 uh, was any Undertaker entrance. So we have a couple of different ones there that uh, could be chosen from. Number 9, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. First time we've had that on, on any list. Um, Number 8, Honky Tonk Man. Number 7, Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Number six, The Oddities. Number five, The Rock. Number four, Triple H, My Time. Now, that that's one I didn't expect to see because you, you just assume that everybody, when they select Triple H, is going to be the game music. Yeah, or you could kind of say that was Stephanie's music before she had All Grown Up by Little Kim, wasn't it? I think so. <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to earn nerd points here and they're not cashing in. So, yeah, sorry, carry on, Mike. <laughs> uh, number three, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Gotta love those bagpipes. Yes. Num- number two, the NWO, and number one, D Generation X. Yeah, just doing some cross chuff on here. It's I'm funny down with how. That. <laughs> well, if you're not, I got two words for you. Um, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the fact that number two was NWO and number one was DX. I like the fact that those two were kind of together. Yeah, putting the, putting the uh, the the two big groups of that. Uh, that late 90s uh, era, they're, they're definitely the two that, that stand out from that time frame. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was any. Now, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, don't be, I don't know if he thinks, I don't know if he's using the one from now, but the one that he used, you know, like at WrestleMania whenever he was fighting Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. um, that's actually Ultimo Dragon's music. Um, it's not actually his original music. Um, if you listen to it, if you listen to both themes, it's because uh, Ultimate Dragon's music is embedded in my brain because at WrestleMania 20, whenever he came out and he slipped, uh, whenever he was coming to the ring, uh, it was one of the funniest um, <laughs> accidents in wrestling I've ever seen. And then whenever he stood up in the turnbuckle, he still managed to near enough fall on his face. Um, so yeah, it was always a fun one because at what half two in the morning, with a friend, and we're just ah. <laughs> And you're trying to, you know, keep the, keep the noise down, and it wasn't really happening. But no, that's that, that was one that I didn't expect to see. But any air stand out for you, Mike? The Undertaker is always iconic with 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 the gongs. Um, then you also have the American Badass music, depending on on which theme it is. You know, whether it was uh, Limp Bizkit rolling or whether it was Kid Rock, American Badass. 
I, I like both of those themes for the American Badass character. Uh-huh. Um, I know a lot of people didn't necessarily like that character. I always enjoyed it um, with him riding the Harley down to the, uh, yeah. down to the ring and, uh, and whatnot. I always just like the fact that that was already known as The Undertaker whenever he was ginger for a while. <laughs> you know, because it was kind of because oh, I don't want a damn beard and I'll just go ginger and then that's whenever he had his feud with DDP. He's The Undertaker, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's true. I'm not going to argue with him because he'll make me tap out. But anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on to Adam Pickering. Um, uh, who writes, This was so hard to compile. My final ten are just wrestler entrance themes, although draws across the nation would have made it too. So in no particular order, um, number ten, uh, I just have to do it this way, Adam. I know it's not in order. Well, I'll just read them out, actually. Uh, the game Motorhead, uh, Triple H, he has used it for over 11 years now. Whoa, that's scary. Uh, Cult of Personality, CM Punk, perfect fit for the best in the world. Uh, the Kings run DMC Degeneration X. Hard to choose over the original, but this one was awesome. Um, Metalingus Alter Bridge Edge. You think you know me? Alter Bridge certainly did. Glass Shatters Disturbed. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Many prefer the original, but this made a much. This made a much. Awesome. This mu- I think he wrote <laughs> this made Austin seem much tougher because he wrote. But this made a much Austin seem tougher somehow. Uh, then we have our first and I think our only diva entrance is Love, Fury, Passion, Energy, Boy Hits, Car for Lita. The only female theme in my opinion that should be anywhere near the top of the list. Uh, Line in the Sand by Motorhead, Evolution. This was just perfect passing the torch from one generation to the next. Randy should have kept it. <laughs> uh, Corporate Ministry. Corporate Ministry, Taker and Vince deserve to be on the list. When you heard their combined Corporate Ministry, you knew nothing was good was going to come of it. Uh, Metal, Kurt Angle. Uh, just playing awesome. I don't suck in brackets. <laughs> and his last pick is How Do You Like Me Now by Hardcore Holly. Uh, thought I would throw in a swerve ball. Holly deserved a WWE or World title, world Heavyweight title run. Shame I don't have his Sparky Plug theme. Uh, he also writes special mention to the six that almost made it. Uh, no Chance in Hell by Vince, for Vince McMahon. Oh, you didn't know? Uh, for the New Age Art Laws. My Time by Triple H. Real American Hulk Hogan. Hitman, Bret Hart, Sexy Boy, Shawn Michaels. And Adam writes, uh, look forward to the next WrestleShock episode. So, uh, I was really surprised with the uh, Hardcore Holly one. Um, not Never been a fan of Hardcore Holly, uh, to be honest with you. Um, the, uh, just whenever he fought Brock for the title, and uh, it was just, why are you even there? I, I just never liked the character. Uh, uh, the, only, like the only time I ever had any time for Hardcore Holly was when he was having his feud with, with Al Snow. And the whole thing with Head. <laughs> That that was the only time I really had any any time for Hardcore Holly. Yeah, what, d- deserving a, a WWE World Heavyweight Title run. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know how much I agree with that. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a case of. <sighs> could, I mean, you could have said the same for JBL, but then you know JBL kind of changed his character, whereas Hardcore Holly was like. I'll pay it up who I want, and I'll just be really, really stiff whenever I work with people, and then that's the character that he was. Well, he, from he, the, he did kind of—he he did kind of have the WWE World Heavyweight Title uh, belt, you know, for a while there when it was all 
busted and taped together and they turned it into the hardcore title. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, true. And then whenever he was shooting with Crash and then Molly came into it. The only thing, I mean, I remember that uh, Kurt Ankle doing a moonsault and breaking his arm and then Brock breaking his neck and then it was like, Brock, you broke my neck. I'm coming for you. And like, that's just the most unconvincing promo ever. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Adam, uh, his music may be the only thing that I actually liked about Hardcore Holly. Um, I just didn't, Best uh, good drop kick. Sorry, I'll say that he had one of the best drop kicks in the business. But anyway, <laughs> anything else to strike you there, Mike? I still prefer voices for for Randy Orton as opposed to the the Evolution theme song. I, I also don't agree with once a uh, once a faction breaks up that any individual in that faction retains their music. Uh, I think once once a faction breaks up, you kind of need to need to sever yourself completely f- from said faction. Well, didn't Cody keep Legacy's theme for a while? For a little while, and I, I, but, but I, I totally prefer Smoke and Mirrors. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. So, we'll move on. Um, Stephen Jones, who writes, In no order, no, from now on, if you may have a top five matches for our next one, you have to write in number one, two, three, four, five. No, in no order. No cheating. Yeah, no cheating. No you cheating. have to make a decision. Yes, and that's what we're doing for our next Wrestle Shock is our top five matches. But there is a stipulation, as there is with many matches. See what I did there, Mike? <laughs> uh, which we'll tell you at the end. So Stephen Jones writes in no order. Big Boss Man, um, 80s theme. The, that's the one to do with Count, the uh, County, Georgia. The, thank you. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Edge's last theme, Alter Bridge, The Miz, The Rock's Hollywood theme. That was so good. Um which you would have heard the first time in No Way Out 2003 uh, Stone Cold The Honky Tonk Man Undertaker's Dead Man Mick Foley's theme no and The Oddities <laughs> and he would go, writes uh, thanks and I look forward to hearing it uh, I'm sorry but anyone writes Mick Foley I'm just going to say no I'm just going to disagree with you and it's just going to be like a curveball with the last Hardcore Holly one that's just going to be a bye ball and you have to pick something else so but I like the Mick Foley theme no <laughs> No, <laughs> it's just I. I mean, I watched SmackDown the other night, and it's like, why did he even put his sock in Jimmy Hart's mouth? I go, I'm sorry, Jimmy. And it's like, oh, just go away. Don't you know where that sock has been? Yes, exactly. It's just, ugh. um, but no, I, I like the fact that he put the Big Boss Man theme on that. Certainly, a lot better than his uh, theme whenever he was like feuding with Austin and stuff. Whenever he was like the. Uh, kind of, he kind of looked like he belonged in SWAT or something, you know, with a big head. Uh, but he had all the black gear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and obviously he was Big Bubba in WCW. <laughs> Just near enough. I think it was on. That's the first match on the the best of WCW or Monday Night uh, Monday Monday Nitro uh, was him uh, fighting. Was it Hogan? Yeah, it was him fighting Hogan. That's the first match. I was like, <laughs> best of? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So, moving on. Uh, next we have uh, Tyler Baker. Uh, says, hey, Chris. What about and me? Mike. What yeah, about and me? Mike. I'll write it in there. And ah, Mike. I feel the love. I can feel the love. <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> My top ten wrestling themes are, number ten, Ted DiBiase's theme. Number nine, Brett the Hitman Hart's theme. Number eight, Triple H themed the game by Motorhead. Number seven, Evolution Line in the Sand. Number six, Ultimate Warrior theme, Unstable. Uh, that definitely describes the Ultimate Warrior. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, watch it because they just rip him apart, uh, and it's I quite sh- funny. It's especially Bobby Heenan. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> especially whenever Ted DiBiase says like, "What's your name, Warrior?" I don't get it because <laughs> he changed his name legally from Jim Helwig to The Warrior to try and um, stop WWE using The Ultimate Warrior and, and yeah, it's, it's silly man yeah, sorry Mike <laughs> uh, coming in at 5 we have the Hardy Boys theme uh, number 4 Randy Orton's Burning Light uh, sorry Tyler that's the wrong choice number 3 <laughs> <laughs> and it's burning in my light but um, yeah number 3 Mr. Perfect uh, Exodus number 2 Jake Snake Roberts uh, Snake Bit and number one, Hulk Hogan's Real American. Well done, Tyler. Well done. You've picked the right one for number one. And we do have uh, an honorable mention. Honorable mention is uh, Demolition and Drew McIntyre's theme. Yeah, I, I think Drew McIntyre's takes too long to get going, so it does. You know, once they get going, it's fine, but it's just the... Dun, 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 at the start, and you're like, come on! It starts slow. Yeah, kind of like it. Well, that's the way his career seems to be going. Up, going <laughs> up. It's a bit, bit slow on it. Okay, next up is somebody who I didn't want to read, but I have to. He's Alan Price. Um, who I don't know. It's a bit of a joke, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, and he writes. Uh, he doesn't write anything like, "Hey, Chris and Mike doing a great show on Wrestlecast. I tune in every time you record or something like that." He didn't write anything like that. So, Alan, uh, for that. Thanks. Um, yeah, so number 10 is Smoke and Mirrors, 2011, uh, Cody Rhodes. Number 9, I Came to Play, The Miz. Number 8, No Chance in Hell, Mr. McMahon. Number 7, Here to Show the World, Dolph Ziggler. 6, I Lie, I Cheat, I Steal, Eddie Guerrero. 5, Pomp and Circumstance, Macho Man. 4, Cult of Personality, CM Punk. 3, Real American, Hulk Hogan. 2, Electrifying the, the Rock. And number 1 is the Right to Censor theme, Alan writes. Oh. Uh, he he doesn't. He writes glass shatters, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I thought I'd mix it up a bit there. And Alan has about ten honourable mentions here, which are Break the Walls Down, Chris Jericho, You Think You Know Me, Edge, The Green Hills of Tyrol, Roddy Piper, Sexy Voice, Shawn Michaels, Here Comes the Pain, Brock Lesnar, Written in My Face, Seamus, that's the Irish connection going on there, and It's All About the Money, Ted DiBiase, uh, Senior. Um, there's some good picks in there. Um, that's the second time now we've seen Mr. McMahon's and the first time we've actually seen Eddie Guerrero's um, which is nice to see um, obviously his he did have quite a few theme music he had Latino Heat he had the one that had like the cell phone ringing on it um, obviously the music the ILI Cheetah Steel was used for Los Guerrero's that kind of thing so I think they're kind of Alan's kind of throwing it in front of you and you've just went yeah I kind of knew that was going to be in it <laughs> I knew that he was definitely going to have uh, Smoke and Mirrors in there. I, I know he definitely likes that one. And, and I, I, I like that too. So that's that, that's one of the ones that you know I kind of had to play with. Is it going to be on the list? Is it not going to be on the list? You'll have to tune in to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Miz. I think this is the first time we've had The Miz, is it? Yes, I think so. The Miz's theme music is awesome. It's a lot because he then had one that had no lyrics in it, and then obviously he has lyrics now. I really like that song. That's that's yeah. one of my favorite current WWE themes. Um, <laughs> is it on Mike's list? Is it not? Oh, Ooh, could be, could not be. Oh. Uh, the Rock has so many, so many different themes. Um, it, it it all depends on which rock you prefer. You know, do you prefer the face rock? 
or do you prefer the Nation of Domination heel rock? You know, they, they were all the different incarnations of, of the theme. They kind of you, you can you can see you can see the turn in the yeah. themes. There's definitely a heel theme and definitely a face theme. Yeah, but even then, his music now is kind of like a different version of his, like, whenever he first started, you know, like, whenever he became The Rock, <clears throat> the People's Champ, you know, whenever he's shooting with Austin and stuff. You know, like, his music from WrestleMania 17 was a lot different from, well, it was changed a lot to WrestleMania 28. You know, it kind of still had a few smell, but the, the, the way it is, it just sounds a lot different. I, I quite like that one. I like the electrifying one before, you know, The Rock, you know, whenever The Rock says they're going to take that CD, turn that song, and, you know, all that. Keep her. But I'm getting carried away. See, I, like the, I like the pace of, of the newer themes, but I, I like the, the do you smell what The Rock is cooking intro <laughs> better than the just the if you smell, you, you know, I, I, I prefer the, uh, the, more, the more downplayed uh, beginning. <laughs> And I always like the 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 rock says, the rock says. Yeah. I like the way with you, the rock. The rock says he has to go a bit deeper with his voice. <laughs> well, that's how we talked back in the you know back in the day. He 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 did kind of have that uh yeah. that lower talking down to you uh, moniker. Rudy Pooh candy asses. Exactly. 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 <laughs> All right. Next we have Superfan Ben. Ben Harder from the Pop Culture Network. He starts with number 10, The Scientist by Coldplay, which was played perfectly in the compilation video of the Macho Man's career on Raw after Macho's death. Brought anyone that was a fan of his to tears. I agree with that. Yeah, I would say the one that the one that I can't really listen to is Hurt by Johnny Cash because it just reminds me of Eddie Guerrero. Um, passing away. It's just a, that one for me. That one for me was what um, ba- Ben said about Machiman. They they do so well with those video compilations and being able to. That's one thing the WWE does really really well is choosing the music to go with the video and you know really drawing that emotional response that they're looking to get out of you. I, I think that's something that they really nail right on the head. Yeah. Number nine, we have Rap is Crap by Kurt Henning off the, WW, uh, off the WCW Mayhem Perfect Lyrics. Oh, I saw what he did there, fan. That's funny. <laughs> uh, number eight, Iron Man Instrumental. The Road Warriors used to come out to a sound alike version of Iron Man by Black Sabbath in AWA and NWA in the 80s that rocked. I don't know how much... I know I said how, how much I like uh, CM Punk using Cult of Personality... Yeah. What do you what do you prefer? Do you prefer an original theme song, or do you prefer um, like ECW used to do it a lot? Um, I guess because they didn't really have to oh, worry about s- lawyers. What with Sandman? Are you talking about? Well, with with a lot of their themes, they would just use regular music. Like uh, Balls Mahoney used to come out to ACDC Big Balls <laughs> and stuff. Like, you know, they, I guess in the not the big two. They could get away with using mm. actual, you know, licensed songs without having to worry too much about getting sued. Do you prefer having an actual song versus having a um, an original song or an original theme tune? I mean, I like punks. This fire burns theme, I really like that. But I think 
with all the stuff that went on, you know, with Punk, you know, like in his pipe bomb thing, and you know, like the fact that he's best in the world and talks great in the microphone, I think that kind of encapsulates him perfectly. Um, so I think it really depends on the character, but I think you have to be a pretty big character in order to warrant that. You know, um, there's Triple H's fan of Motorhead, was well, to stop them using like Ace of Spades for his entrance theme instead of them, you know, doing the game for him or Evolution, you know, lying the sand for Evolution, you know, that kind of thing. But um, it really depends. I think you can maybe count in the WWE, certainly. The amount of wrestlers that came to, or sorry, sports entertainers that came to the ring on one hand that had a song used instead of a song composed for them, because I think a lot of the composed songs work, or like with Dolph Ziggler's or Cody Rhodes, they get amended over time, you know, to their current theme. But I think you just have to take it as it as it comes, and if it's a if it's a good song and one that you can use, then yeah, go ahead and use it. But if it it needs to get the crowd jacked because if you hear Glass Shatter or you hear The Undertaker's Gong or you hear I Am A Real American that immediately sends you out of your seat whereas if you hear something like I don't know let's say uh, Speed of Sound by Coldplay you know what that sounds like but is a wrestler really going to come to the ring with that? Mike Oh, I'm sorry I was, I was, I was <laughs> muted I was going to say, going, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry. So uh, I went on a big ramble, and Mike's kind of sitting there going, so he's muted it and kind of went, well, that jerk ever, shut up. And I'm like, oh, sorry. I muted it to cough. Sorry, you were saying I couldn't hear you, nor could any of the listeners. So say what you were saying off mic, Mike. With, uh, with, with the Triple H, the, the game, you have Motorhead doing the song, but it wasn't like an actual song that they had on an album. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know that, but it was a case of you know they composed that for him, right? Rather than using an existing song from their back catalogue. See, the, now for me, the the cult of personality thing, where it kind of breaks the mold, is a lot of times, like um, if you look back to the Undertaker, where um, he originally started the American Badass gimmick with Limp Bizkit rolling, and that was kind of coming, you know, off the heels of. Um, of uh, of my way and yeah. being the theme for for the WrestleMania, and then they used them as a uh, you know as as one of the first like live acts that they kind of started getting into uh, the habit of doing. Then they they changed the theme over to the Kid Rock American Badass so that they could have Kid Rock perform, you know perform perform live. You didn't mm-hmm. get that with with Living Color uh, performing Cult of Personality, so that was kind of. Um, a lot of times, when they use an actual, you know, an actual song that was originally recorded for an artist for their album, a lot of times they use that so that they can bring in the said act to do a, a live appearance. Yeah. So this, like this a, was a little different yeah. with that. Yeah, or like on a pay per view, you know, like they'll say, you know, I think it was WrestleMania 19 where Tony Chimmel, I, you know, Raider or Superstar, um, where he said, uh, please welcome the WWE's favorite band in the whole world, Limp Biscuit. Have they used them since? No. So they aren't their favorite band in the whole world at all. Um, they were for that day. <laughs> yeah, for that day, yeah. <laughs> Whenever that was the best WrestleMania ever in the history of ever until the 20th one. And then that was. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying, but it's, I never really thought of it that way, you know, like what, ones would work and stuff uh, you're on number 7 by the way in case you've lost your place <laughs> uh, number 7 Jive Soul Bro by Slick Off Piledriver 
Uh, I have the VHS of all the videos of Pile Driver. Slick introduces the video while eating a huge bucket of fried chicken. No joke. Maybe he was a, maybe he was watching the Master Universe film and he went, "I want some chicken," <laughs> and he started eating it. I don't know. I like the fact that Ben has wrote near enough a paragraph for everything bar number six. <laughs> yeah, number six, just the game by Motorhead. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five is a uh, obsession by an by animotion. This used this used the uh, this used to open Saturday night's main event. Nothing got you pumped up more than the intro where the wrestlers gave their promos, which led into the song, then to Vince and Jesse's commentary. Did you guys get Saturday uh, Saturday night's main event uh, broadcast over there? I've no, I, I don't think we. I think we did around the time they brought it back. You know, whenever like Hogan was on it with, uh, I was going to say yeah, I was going to say Randy Savage, uh, Randy Orton. You know, like uh, the later run, but I, I never really watched WWE, WWF whenever it was on here because it's on like a, it was always been on like a satellite provider. Okay. And at that time, like WrestleMania Eight um, was my first WrestleMania, which um, don't hit me for this WWE, which uh, my dad's friend taped on video and gave it to me to watch. That was my first kind of. Like, I'd seen bits and pieces, but I think I'd seen WCW probably more because it was on um, a free-to-air terrestrial channel, you know. So, I mean, now I'm back up to date and can get all the pay-per-views and stuff, which I have to pay for Extreme Rules, yay. <laughs> yeah, Saturday Night's main event was a, was a big deal over here because it was before, you know, you had the you had the big four pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have all the other, you know, you didn't have a monthly pay per view. So Saturday night's main event kind of, kind of fit into that slot. It was um, kind of like a special occasion thing. Yeah. They did it like once every couple of months, and it came on, uh, obviously on a Saturday, and it came on. <laughs> it came on at eleven thirty at night after the local news. So for for me growing up when I was little, you know, it was you know it was a big deal to be able to you know. See if you can stay up that late and, and, and make it all the way through to be able to, 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 to watch your wrestling. And that's, you know, back then you had, you know, basically you had superstars, which was all just squash matches. So you didn't really get to see, you know, a, a, a big time wrestler wrestle against another big time wrestler unless yeah. it was a pay per view or Saturday night's main event. So that was, that was a, a, a big deal. You know, that was really kind of the first place where, um, where the, the the mega powers collide angle kind of started, mm-hmm. and you, you I mean I, I have seen some of it since they brought out the the best of Saturday Night's main event. You know I've seen I've seen some of it on on that there. Is that it, that that for in in my wrestling lifetime Saturday Night's main event holds a, a special place in my heart. It, it's it, it was always a big deal for me. Number one to be able to to get permission to to stay up that late <laughs> <laughs> from my parents. And then number two, just being a you know, just being able to to make it up that late, and the whole, the, it's like the anticipation for for a big time pay per view because, you know, when when I was little, my parents didn't pay for for pay per view. I had to wait until the VHS tape came out, and then hopefully, you know, it, I, I, when we went to the rental store, it wasn't rented out. <laughs> so who knows, you know, it, it, when you know if WrestleMania was in March, just you know. The, the the VHS might not come out until September, and then I might not be able to find it in the rental store until <laughs> November. So it, it's not like um, how everything now is at the um, you know at your beck and call. Yeah, I mean like 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 my kids, you know, buddy, you know, got to watch WrestleMania the the day after. 
And I try to explain to him, like, you know, you don't have any idea how lucky you are to be able to watch it, you know, right after the fact and, and not get spoiled. And, you know, you can kind of learn it, you know, uh, learn what happened right away where, you know, we would have we would have uh, super, you know, superstars on Saturday morning the, the next week and we'd find out who won all the matches, but didn't really get to, <laughs> didn't really get to watch any of the matches. Yeah. You know, for six or seven months or however long it was until you were able to to, to get the VHS tape. So that's that, that's my rant on uh, on Saturday night's main event. <laughs> that, that's okay, that's okay. So uh, would it be safe to say that we'll probably do a review of the best of Saturday night's main event at some point? I'd love to do that. Okay, cool. Uh, number four is uh, Unstable again, Ultimate Warrior off the WWE anthology. With this entrance music, the Warriors' short matches were acceptable. Uh, no, they weren't. <laughs> that's funny. Who's uh, the wrestler that runs to the ring now? John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> just just mean. I'm not making any comparisons. I'm just merely stating the fact. Where every time um, he goes through the bottom rope, he hope he gets caught up. I just hope he does the Vince thing where he works his knees off of. But that's me being cruel. <laughs> <laughs> My voodoo doll doesn't seem to be working thus far. <laughs> Probably got the wrong T-shirt on it, but anyway. A number three, glass shatters by disturbed off forcible entry. Stone Cold's best interest theme, in my opinion. I agree. Number no, no, I, I. I like. I've always liked this original one. I've always liked that. Well, there, um, I, I'm not sure what year it was. I think. It, I think it was 2003. Um, I went to uh, to an Ozfest, which um, which uh, is is a big festival over here. They don't do it anymore, but for a long time, um, Ozzy Osbourne had his own festival um, where it would be all kinds of hard rock acts and, and metal acts. And twice, uh, two of the times that I went, um, Disturbed was there, and one of the times they actually did. The theme music. <laughs> they shattered. They shattered. That's how they, they came out to the stage. It's how they opened their set. They shattered the glass and they came out and they did the theme song and it was amazing. <laughs> that would have been incredible. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. That you know, the, I, I, that's my favorite version of the glass shatters. Uh, number two was demolition by Rick Derringer off Pile Driver. Demolition is my favorite tag team ever. That's that that's super fan Ben's. And number, <laughs> <laughs> and number one. Real American by Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer did a lot of the theme songs. Yep. <laughs> off of uh, wrestling's out, off of off the wrestling album. Did you know it was introduced as Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham's theme? No, I didn't know that. I did. I did not know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I can't remember why I why I know that, but I just remember hearing that. It's just like that. It was actually going to be used for somebody else. It's just like, oh, okay, weird. But uh, any there um, strike you? I I had no idea about the uh, about the real American thing. That was that, that was that was news to me. See, super fan Ben's uh, teaching school here. He always does. Whenever he says something to you, it's always a case of he has to throw in a bit of trivia to try and stump you. <laughs> Don't you, Ben? You do. You do, Ben. He sees even agreeing with me. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, we'll move on then to the next one, which is from Chris or Cavalier from the Pop Culture Network forums. Um, he writes, "Hey there, first off, I have to say, cool topic. Okay, as for my list, number ten, fabulous Rougeau Brothers, All American Boys. 
Weird one. Uh, number nine, Legion of Doom Road Warriors. What a rush, but not as good as whenever they used Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him and Superfan Ben, Paul Cutter Network, you see, all in cahoots with each other. Uh, number eight, Jake the Snake Roberts' first theme. I would imagine that's Snake, but uh, seven, Steiner Brothers. Their music also got me pumped up because I played high school football and wanted to go to FSU. Uh, okay. Uh, number six, Strike Force Girls and Cars. Uh, number five, Hulk Hogan. Uh, and then he's put a slash US Express, Real American. So that must have been their the tag team that uh, Ben was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, four, Mankind Exit Theme Ode to Fruit. Uh, number three, Undertaker Rest in Peace. How can any wrestler, and I don't care who they are, hear the gong, the choir, and then see him walking down the aisle towards them and not crap their tights? <laughs> I bet it's happened. Uh, it Well, the only person that I know that has actually done that was, I think it was Andre the Giant, uh, did it on Bad News Brown, um, that he actually um, made a mess of himself. Actually, I think Lex uh, Luger did it in, in his oh. match against The Undertaker. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the legs for you. Uh, number two, superstar Billy Graham. And number one, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat uh, Serious by Alan Parson Project. Um, and he just says, can't wait to see the rest of the votes. Um, so, yeah, um, that's his. Uh, really surprised with some of them there, um, especially the Steiner brothers. Uh, I didn't expect that one to be there at all, but... Um, yeah, just kind of a weird one for me, but um, the man and the mankind one. Mankind is actually the um, the first wrestler that that I can remember that had a different intro from the exit theme. Yeah, where he kind he kind of had that uh, that like or almost like a orchestral uh, slow uh, exit theme after the match was over. Mm-hmm. Versus the the way that he entered. So, not not that I, I always preferred the entrance versus the exit, but it was definitely one that was that that kind of st- stood out to you as being being you know when you heard that you're like oh that's different. Yeah, I preferred the exit one because then I knew it, Met, it meant he was leaving for a while. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. How did you guess? <laughs> Um, our next one is actually uh, we're going to do this one and then we're going to take a break because we have an interview with said person so go on ahead Mike uh, this is from uh, Chris Cavalier uh, says hey. no I've, d- I've done that one it's the next oh, one it's the way this is written say Reaver says hey Vento and then here's my top ah, 10 because it doesn't w- have a name it does it's in it's brackets not. oh okay never mind ah <laughs> uh, your fault <laughs> see told you it was my sorry Haley <laughs> <laughs> this is my top 10 WWE wrestling theme songs from Haley Stewart. Who we'll be talking to soon. Number 10 is Christian, Just Close Your Eyes. Number 9, Shawn Michaels, Sexy Boy. Number 8, Triple H, King of Kings. Uh, number number 7, Maria Kanellis, Legs, Legs Like That. Number 6, Randy Orton, Voices. Number 5, Legacy, It's a New Day. 4, CM Punk, Cult of Personality. Three, Undertaker, Ministry of Darkness. Two, Edge, You Think You Know Me. And number one, Cody Rhodes, Smoke and Mirrors. Yeah, Haley's a huge Cody Rhodes fan. If you've um, seen any of her YouTube videos, you would understand that. Um, but it, it's just funny that Legacy kind of... Cody Rhodes was in that. Cody Rhodes partnered with Randy Orton. Uh, and then that's actually... Uh, I didn't notice that Haley had Maria's on hers. So we've only, I think we only have two Diva musics on this. 
and as I say that will probably go on and then we'll have like about five um, uh, yeah um, I've still got my eyes closed because it said just close your eyes so I did <laughs> um, but yeah I think that's a pretty apart from the Maria one I think that's a you know I'm not saying that uh, for me the best entrance music for um, a diva in my opinion is either Natalia's because it's like Bret Hart's theme or Trish Stratus's theme because it's Trish Stratus so it's it's not holla holla <laughs> yeah exactly it's not that <laughs> uh, a lovely singing voice there I've got to say Mac just that's just beautiful I'm uh, not quit my day job yeah, please don't. Uh, anything to say on that, or should we just head over to the interview then? Now, as I prepare to get beat up from Haley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll just have a quick commercial break, and join us after the break, wherever I'll be talking to Haley Stewart about her WrestleMania experience. Um, so, yeah, join us after that there for more WWE themes, including Mike's and mine. So, we'll see you after the break. Stand there and shut up, because I've got a lot to say. I am Bobby the Brain Heenan. Get it straight. We're here making television history right now. Now, for the first time ever released on DVD, the unprecedented collection of one of the greatest managers of all time in Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know, I'm the kind of a man that doesn't like to be made a fool of. You listen to me, you go to the top. From his dynamic relationship with Gorilla Monsoon. Will you stop? Just wait a minute. We're on the air here. What was this, a joke? Yes, I know exactly what's going on here. I had my dinner. Why don't you be serious? To Bobby's controversial time with WCW. Someone please tell us what is going on, please. Relive the most outlandish. I'm going to tell the to catch me. I'm going to watch Witty. Well, Beverly Hills, I happen to know that my mailman right there is hunchback. I'm just carrying my mail. And unforgettable moments that has shaped the brain's illustrious career. Bobby the Brain Heenan, available now. We were out of time. What it is, friends. Sween Hollick here, inviting you to join me every Monday for Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk. What's that, you ask? Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk is my weekly video series in which we take a look at my favorite toy line of yesteryear, Vintage Playmates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you're a green teen goer, I'm betting you'll have a great time getting reacquainted with old friends or meeting new ones for the first time. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk at www.radicalretro.com, part of the Pop Culture Network. Macho Madness. Macho Madness, the Randy Savage Ultimate Collection, available now. Wow, man. 
Hello and welcome back from the break folks. Um, as you would have heard there, uh, a lot of people sending in their uh, favourite WWE themes, which is always wonderful to hear. Uh, some of them I just didn't agree with at all, but the person who has some good taste is Hayley Stewart, who yeah. joins me now. Hello Hayley. Hello. Uh, Hayley, you're here to talk about, you attended a certain event, so would you like to tell people what that event was, perchance? Oh yes, I attended WrestleMania 28. Oh. And would it be fair to say that you had fun? Uh, obviously, with us being from Northern Ireland, people may not be uh, geographically aware of how much travelling was involved. So uh, take your time with uh, talking about the travelling and um, you know how, how much travelling actually took for you to get to this event. Yeah, I don't think like WWE because they're so American based it's so different Joe, for them to hear how much we travelled I actually got asked did I travel from Australia and I <laughs> said how many hours I travelled because getting there it took 22 hours for me to get there from Belfast because we had to get a flight from Belfast to London because Belfast doesn't do direct flights to Miami you can go Dublin to Orlando and then drive up but um, the people in my party didn't want to do that Oh yeah! <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Dublin doesn't like, or they don't really particularly like Dublin. So I was like, right. So um, we travelled from. We got a flight from Belfast to London. We had. I had to be up at quarter to four in the morning to get to the airport in Belfast, Belfast City Airport, to get a flight at seven to get to London by quarter past eight or something. And then we had a wee wait in London and then we had an eight hour flight to Washington because again, they wouldn't give us connect to a straight direct flight to Miami from London. Mm-hmm. So had to go through Washington. So we got an eight hour flight to Washington. We're in Washington for about an hour, which is nice because it gave me a chance to sit down and get food and stuff because I don't like airplane food. <laughs> I don't think many people do. No. And I was so annoyed because they had no wrestling stuff on the film or TV stuff on the eight-hour flight. I was so annoyed. And I had forgotten portable DVD player, so I couldn't watch any wrestling. So, But that was eight hours. That was okay. Um, and then Washington, and then we got... It was a three-hour flight then from Washington to Miami, and we arrived in Miami about half ten American time, which was about... 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning UK time. Oh. So <laughs> we got then a, an Airbus to our hotel for that night because we booked a hotel before the WWE set us up in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, we booked a hotel. So it was a nice enough hotel and then just slept. <laughs> okay. So it was a lot of traveling. Okay. Obviously, you had planned this, you know, to go to WrestleMania and stuff. At what point did it sink in, Haley, that you were going to WrestleMania? Was whenever you actually ordered the tickets or whenever they arrived or was it the night before? It was oh, I don't know, and I think it actually hit me when I was sitting in Sun Life Stadium when we walked through the doors where <laughs> our section was and I just looked and because, yeah, we are from Northern Ireland, we have the Odyssey Arena. And to me, that arena is pretty big. <laughs> I'll walk into Odyssey Arena and be like, oh, my word, it's so huge. 
but walking through that door into Sunlight Stadium and it's an open arena. I have never in my life seen an open arena like mm-hmm. the top and they're predicting thunderstorms and we were but the sun was shining and I just stepped through that walkway and it just came out and just opened and you saw the ring and the cell was down and I, I was just like oh my word I'm actually here I'm actually at WrestleMania what am I doing here <laughs> this this because I booked it last July so it seems like I don't it seems so long since do I actually booked the package and since yeah. the tickets came the tickets came start of March and even then I was getting excited but then I knew it wasn't going to hit till I got there and then it didn't hit and then just walk uh, Sunlight Stadium definitely blew me away even on the bus going to it looking out the window and seeing Sunlight Stadium was absolutely amazing Okay, um, obviously with the packages you get various things like um, I'm sure anyone who's a friend of yours on Facebook or Twitter yeah. um, has seen the amount of photos that you've uploaded with <laughs> you meeting certain, certain superstars um, <laughs> Do you want to go through quickly, um, well not quickly, do you want to go through the people that you met, but probably the ones that meant the most to you? Uh, I know you had like pictures with like AJ and Vicky Guerrero and things like that, so I, I know you're big, uh, I know you're big into your divas wrestling, so who was the best ones, if you had to pick th- five people um, out who you met, who would be the best ones you picked? Oh, five, someone asked me this the other day, and I was like, oh, there's so many, um, Definitely Vicky Guerrero is one of the nicest women I have ever met. I was expecting her to be okay, but she went out of her way to, to when I handed her a picture. She mm-hmm. went out of the way to get up all, to, from the table. We weren't allowed to go behind the tables, Joe, as is normal. You're not allowed to go behind them. She got out of her way, got up, came around, gave me the biggest hug and talked to me for about five minutes and said she was so honoured because no one's ever drawn her before or given her a drawing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my word. And then it went on. She tweeted me then that night. Oh, brilliant. Said, thank you so much. And the superstars all think you did a brilliant drawing, Joe. And I said, oh my word. And then I met her again. I met her twice because she was with Jack Swagger the first time I met her. Uh-huh. And she came out with Dolph Ziggler. Oh, right. Brilliant. time. And I felt so bad because I'd already got her to sign doing my picture I wanted her to sign. Mm-hmm. And I felt really bad because I was going up because there's a few few of the girls I didn't get to meet and I had Joe drawings for them. Yeah. And I wasn't going to get, because that was the Sunday and I wasn't going to the second Sunday session. So I had like three drawings left and I was like, I'm just going to have to give it to one of the girls to give to the other girls. So she actually took three of the diva drawings for me and said she would give them to the girls and the girls got them so she was so nice she was definitely one of my number one people to meet and if you get the chance to meet her definitely because she's a wonderful lady and she's doing so well yeah so her on-screen persona and her real life are chalk and cheese then yeah definitely but there's points like Santino came out when we're waiting <laughs> the um, for Swagger and Vicky, and he came out, and like in a second, she was just right back into character. <laughs> she was, it was so funny. He just came out, and he was um, slagging off Jack Swagger. He even got a Santino chant going on, and the Vicky, <laughs> and Vicky was just Vicky just turned like because she was smiling, laughing, and the next thing Joe had her cackle laugh on. Yeah, her Vicky yeah. cackle laugh, and they excuse me, and then her Joe when her face changes when she's angry. 
And I was like, oh my word, that's awesome. So she was very nice. Um, who else? Swagger, actually, was amazing. Um, he'd, I give him a poster and a lot of the superstars I give the posters to that I brought had never seen the posters before. That's probably because I stole them from my brother's kids' magazines. <laughs> and they were like, never seen this before. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah just, um, yeah, found in the magazine. Yeah, it's actually all from my WWE kids' magazines. Um, and he'd never seen the poster before. And then him and Vicky were joking about... Um, she was like, oh, yeah, I've never seen one that big before. And he's like, oh, oh hold on. That naked, <laughs> that naked poster and I was like what on earth and they just started going into this full on conversation I was like oh my word and then I was asking him the Haley question which um, the boys in my party deemed the Haley question I always ended up asking the superstars or divas if they had children how their kids were doing and how their uh-huh. family was doing and they just deemed it the Haley question so of course Jack Swagger has a wee baby boy so I was asking about him and I've never seen Jack Swagger get so excited about a question before. Um, he was talking away. He was saying his wee baby boy was in Miami and he'd been walking around the day before and stuff. So they were awesome. And we were actually the last two people to meet them that day. They cut, All right. they cut the key off right behind my friend Chris. Mm-hmm. So that's Vicky, Swagger, um, Orton. Actually, Randy Orton was really nice to meet. Um the only problem I had like with the VIP signings was that they were a little rushed for the amount of money we paid for them. Right. But I can get into that later. But um he was lovely. Um the girls before me actually give him like presents. And I felt really <laughs> bad because I had no presents for him, but they give him like this massive big samurai sword book and they give him like personalized cards and something else and then walked away after they got their autographs and he was like or they forgot their stuff and then they're like no that's for you and he was like oh my word how did they know I like samurai swords so he's joking with me about that <laughs> and um, he was looking at the figure and stuff and he was, re- he was really nice I asked him about I asked him a Haley question I asked him about Samantha and Alana and if they were enjoying Miami and he says yeah they flew, it, flew in yesterday and they're really loving it alright so, okay um, he was nice now two more Um. AJ, I love AJ. AJ um, is one of my favorite divas. Um, I think it's because she's so tiny, like me. <laughs> We're both tiny, so we can connect on that level. Um, she was lovely. She is really such an inspiration, and she's doing so well for what she was thrown into with Daniel Brown and stuff. And yeah. she was so nice. Like she came around the table and hugged me as well, and she chatted. We chatted about being tiny, and she tweeted me as well. The like a couple of hours after I give her the photo, mm-hmm. she tweeted me and said, Oh, do you want to go put it in my office? And she actually tweeted a picture of the photo. Oh, brilliant. Of, or of the drawing that I give her. So I was like, Oh my word, she actually remembers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely Edge. I'm just like, actually looking at the pictures here to get some inspiration. Edge, Triple H, uh, Teddy Biasi Jr. Oh, Ted was, Ted was lovely for, um, he was spending so much time with everyone and I love my picture of him where he's looking at the post. <laughs> yes, that That's is like quite a good picture. Best expression ever. He's just like, again, is I've never seen this before. And I was like, oh, I know. And then we're talking about DiBiase Posse and he's supposed to come on the Europe tour, but um, he's not coming anymore because of his injuries. All so, right. 
which sucks because he is such a nice guy. Um, so he was really nice to meet. Um, who else there? I saw someone there. Beth Phoenix is such a, she's so pretty in real life. It was scary how pretty she was. I actually have a really good story about her. Okay. Um, we were queuing up and that was fine and me and Chris were in the front of the queue and there's this like guy with this big camera and doing like a press pass walking about mm-hmm. and the next thing he sort of just looked over at us because me and Chris were laughing about something and he looked over and he came over and he was like where are you guys from and we were like oh we're from Northern Ireland and he was like you'll do and we were like what and he was like yeah I'm just taking pictures for this newspaper and we're taking Joe taking pictures around access and um, so he took down like all our details and stuff and um, we got up and he started taking pictures and I give Beth her photo or drawing and she was like oh my word you know and all this and all of them asked me did I draw them and I was like of course I drew them that's the point why I'm bringing them because I drew them but they're all like oh my word and then the next thing um, this guy with a camera came over like some press guy with a camera came over and Beth just stopped um, she was talking um, what was she doing she was doing something but she stopped turned around picked up the drawing idea of her um, held up beside her and started talking to the camera and like saying like oh Kelly Kelly you don't get one of these and stuff and she started <laughs> and it was the funniest thing because I was like oh my word what on earth happened because the guy the newspaper guy was on one side trying to take photos this guy with the camera was on the other side and Beth was talking to him Joe holding up the photo and saying about oh Joe from Ireland and Joe all this and I was like Northern Ireland but okay it's fine and um, she was so nice and she actually let me hold the diva's belt oh brilliant I was like you mean I can hold this and she's like yeah yeah go on, go on take one side hold it and I was like oh my word okay so she was absolutely lovely she did an interview also in the middle of it um, yes the Bell twins were lovely um, Sin Cara actually talks English didn't realise that I was, told, I was told before I went in when I found out um, Sinkara was on one of the signings someone said to me oh you know um, you're not going to get much out of him because he doesn't speak English he speaks Spanish or Mexican or something so I was like alright I'll just go and say hi then just do and I said hi and he went hey and I was like just stand there for a minute going say hey and he's like how are you and I was like he just asked me a question in English. This is like awesome. So he actually, I was trying to, if you didn't see on Twitter the other night, he wrote to something on my like. Post oh yes, yeah. And I have no clue what it means. And I, I'm trying to find out. I think it's Spanish or Mexican, but I can't even tell what the letters are to try and translate it on like an online translator. Weird. But my friend thinks, um, my friend who knows a wee bit of Spanish thinks it looks like um, the word that means girlfriend. So I've pulled Sin Cara, obviously. It's awesome. Well done. And so obviously you've talked about the people who you were excited to meet. Right. There was a certain somebody that I don't think you got to meet yeah. that you oh. really want to. So uh, were you extremely disappointed by Mr. Cody Rhodes not being there and was there somebody else that you didn't get to meet that you really wish you had? Oh, I was so annoyed at Cody Rhodes. I was like, he was in the ring. I was so annoyed. I was, who was I waiting for? Um, I was waiting for someone and the next thing I heard Cody Rhodes music and I was like, what on earth, what's happening? And it turns out he was in the ring playing the WWE 12 tournament. 
All right. With gold dust doing the old and edgy and stuff, and I couldn't leave the queue, and I was like, oh, I'm going to ring to see Cody. But to be honest, I left quite a lot of people off the autograph signings um, that I thought they would put on because they left out quite big names. Like, Cody didn't do any signings. Mm-hmm. Santino Morella didn't do any signings. Um, Zack Ryder didn't do any signings. Um, like, they had people... No offense, because they were lovely, like all the people I met, but Johnny Curtis from Next had his own autograph signing. Okay. And I was a bit like, oh, okay, Joe jo and Next one having like his own booth and stuff by himself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because Santino was supposed to do a signing and Zach Ryder was supposed to do a signing. Um, Cody didn't, wasn't announced at all, so I was really annoyed about that. But, um,. There was quite a lot of people. I was quite annoyed. Definitely, those three were my top three that were announced to do signings, but mm-hmm. didn't do signings. Right. Which okay. was a bit. Um, I was a bit annoyed. I didn't get to meet Kelly. Kelly, because she was only doing one signing on Sunday afternoon, and we had to be back at the hotel to um, get ready for the bus to go to WrestleMania because there's only so many buses, and if you didn't get on the bus, yeah, you had to find your own way. So. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it was, was that part of the obviously then uh, unfortunately something you didn't get to attend was a Hall of Fame, yeah, um, yeah. which I'm sure was pretty devastating for you. I was um, sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, did the did the uh, person Chris uh, go to it, or did did everyone just kind of skip it then since you weren't going to it? Oh no, they they went ahead. <laughs> I made sure they went ahead. I wanted at least some of the guys to see Edge that was like I was so annoyed that happened that day like my foot just blew up um well not literally but it swole up (laughs) it didn't blow up it swole up like mad and I couldn't even fit it in my shoe and I had like I was so annoyed because I bought a wee dress and all Joe in high heels and I was getting all Joe I was getting all excited to get dressed up to get Joe to go and see it and to see Edge Mm -hmm. being inducted and everything but they went on ahead and they had a good night. They said it was quite funny. The Joe, they were talking all about it the next day. I don't mind them talking about it. I wanted to hear about it, you know. Yeah. They said like the good bit was something about DX. DX mentioned something. Um, they were having banter something about inducting Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Triple H says, "Well, why don't you just induct him because you know you're better than me or something?" Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, I'm so. And then the four horsemen got standing ovation and missed that. But it looked like a good night, Joe. I'll watch it um, again, Joe, when it comes out in DVD. I'll definitely watch it. It'll, it's just going to always remind me, though, Joe, that I wasn't there and I was so annoyed. Yeah. Like, well, I'd r- rather skip that than actually miss the whole WrestleMania yeah. event. So, um Obviously, you said that um, you got like a different p- uh, package, which included all that, and then you're saying that you got the um, the bus from the hotel to the event. Um, what was the hotel like that you stayed in? Was it um, because I remember you saying that your first hotel wasn't particularly great? <laughs> was the one that the WWE package was it more suitable for you? And what was the whole what was the whole feel like in the hotel around WrestleMania? Um, yeah, the first hotel is just like a wee standard hotel. It was quite noisy. Joe, we were um, put in a hotel room beside the pool and there was open areas so you could hear all the planes. But the hotel that WWE set us up in that you get with the package, we got four nights in it, four nights hotel accommodation. And um, it was absolutely lovely. It was, I don't even know what star it was, but I couldn't care less. Joe, it was- <laughs> 
absolutely lovely they had like just the feel around it like we went in we arrived on the Friday morning to it and they had like Wrestlemania posters up at the checkouts and they oh, had brilliant. like um, the Miami Herald had done like a special edition um, Wrestlemania 28th like um, newspaper mm-hmm. and they had those sitting out unfortunately they ran out of English when we got there so we just- <laughs> We have Spanish ones. That, that would have been brilliant if Sin Cara ran past and you could have said, could you translate this for me, please? Um, so we have a Spanish one, but it's still a nice wee thing to have. Um, and the amount of wrestling fans in that lobby, it was awesome. Joe, just everyone in Joe wrestling t-shirts, you can immediately tell who was Joe there for wrestling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they actually had no rooms when we arrived. They were trying to get rooms sorted out. But we got um, a lovely room. It had one bed in it. We were supposed to get one with two beds, but they gave us one with a big queen bed, and then they brought in two rollaway beds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so we, we had a balcony, but it was locked, so we couldn't get out onto it. But um, the view was quite nice. We had like a view of like there's like the big river thing or sea. And um, there's like bridge that kept going up and down, and then there was a hotel beside us that actually lit up at night. It was like purple and pink and blue. Um, so that was nice to look at. Night. The room was absolutely lovely. We had like the bed, and then there's a wee desk with a, a spinning seat, and we had a big flat screen TV. Oh wow! And then there's a wall and a wee walk-in cupboard, and the bathroom was lovely. And there's just a sink um, with the big massive mirror. It was. Really, and a coffee machine because <laughs> the Chris and Dad were like coffee. We need coffee. <laughs> so it it was lovely, and um, it, the night after Raw, like the feel for the lobby was absolutely amazing because everyone was just chanting yes. <laughs> like, like everywhere we went, there was yes outside the American Airlines Arena. There was yes. Um, walking down the street to the hotel there was yes on like the sub train <laughs> thing in the air there was yes in the lobby there was yes in the elevators and you could just hear the yes chants going on everywhere so it was the fans were absolutely loving that and every day you went down Joe just into the lobby there was um people Joe wrestling fans lounging about and everyone talked to each other because Joe everyone was getting their views in before Wrestlemania so you could hear Rock, Cena talks you could hear other match talks it was absolutely amazing there's a lovely big fountain there's a lovely lovely hotel and the people were very very accommodating the staff and stuff and they all liked the joke about wrestlemania because i don't think most of them knew what it was <laughs> so it's just like so we've never been so busy and i was like, oh joe you're getting all the wrestlemania ones and she's like i don't even know what it is but okay i'm on i'm on doing it because there's certain staffs um joe that had wee badges saying Joe Wrestlemania welcome Wrestlemania or something is funny okay so you set off then to go get the bus to go over to the arena and you said that the cell was lowered and uh, obviously there's a lot of we only see what's on TV so the atmosphere in that place must have been pretty brilliant but what for you Throughout the whole pay-per-view, throughout the whole WrestleMania, whenever you sat in your seat and you had WrestleMania in front of you, not on TV but in live living colour, what for you will be the moment that you will always remember from WrestleMania 28? Oh, that's big. Oh, it definitely has to be 
like I will always say this, I've been saying this since I left that Sunlife Stadium, that the moment Undertaker beat Triple H will forever be ingrained and just even just that match mm-hmm. like we were exhausted like the whole crowd was just so exhausted after that match and that's what I'll always take though it was Roxy year Joe that was supposed to be the big match yeah Undertaker Triple H just blew that out of the water like after Undertaker Triple H I was like I can actually I could actually just go home right now and be like just mind still mind blowing. It was and it was so surreal because the ring was right in front of us, yet I kept still looking up to Joe to have the big screens. And yes, that. I've done that at like a raw taping that even though the wrestling ring's right yeah. in front of me for some reason I can still look at the video screen. Yeah, like because the people beside me were saying, Joe, it's it's in the ring, the ring's right there right in front of you and I was looking up at the screen going, Oh yeah, it's right there, okay. <laughs> it was so surreal and even just like the moment Undertaker took down his hood, like yes. everyone exploded and I've never been like in a crowd, as much as I love do the high shows over here in Belfast, mm-hmm. the crowd just is like it's not like that. Like I've never ever experienced a crowd so crazy. Like the amount of chants they were allowed to do, do the holy ass chants, the um, we want Brock, the Daniel Bryan chants throughout the whole show <laughs> that I'm sure paved a lot. Of the wrestlers off during their matches because it was happening during the CM Punk Chris Jericho and I felt so sorry because there's just these we want Brian or Brian screwed <laughs> or Finn screwed Brian or um, it was absolutely amazing and even the Raw show after was absolutely crazy the amount of stuff that went on because I'd never been at a Raw show before mm-hmm. and I've never seen do anything being taped live so to have that live and because I was like oh my word are they going to allow this and then they're the guys reminded me, Joe, it's live. They have to allow it. They can't change anything. Like, <laughs> it was so random. Like, the Macho Man Randy Savage chance. I was like, what on earth is just happening in here? <laughs> uh, but it was awesome. But definitely that the Undertaker Triple H moment just after, because there's so many moments, because I had all the tombstone signs, and I was like, Undertaker's going to win. And there were so many moments when it was Triple H, and I was like, Maybe I've made the wrong sign at the <laughs> No, they're not going to be able to hold it up. And as it was that match, will forever probably be my number one. I don't think anything will beat that after that. Okay. Obviously, then you've had your WrestleMania. You've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sure whenever you went back to your hotel room, you were buzzing. Uh-huh. And then you had the next Monday Night Raw to come. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then you had a big surprise there with Bo- Brock Lesnar coming back. Oh my word! That was that. Crazy. That just sounded like a just an eruption of like whenever Stone Cold used to come out back in the day and just the big pop and everything. What was it like being at that whenever his music hit and he came out? Oh, that was absolutely crazy. I think it was like, because John Cena came out and that raw crowd hated John Cena. Like, because I, I went to the SmackDown the night after and the SmackDown crowd was fine. They were cheering away, but the raw crowd was absolutely mad. And it's the bit where I think everyone started chanting, we want Brock. And Cena yeah. held the microphone out and was like, pretty interesting crowd. And he, I, I don't, he was playing it down and I was like, oh. You know, uh, I don't think anyone expected it to happen, which was amazing. Because I think when Cena did that whole thing, oh, we were like, oh, it's fine. 
Um, and then the music hit and everyone in that arena went nuts. Even I went nuts. I was like, oh my God. Because <laughs> everyone had been chanting it throughout the night, but I didn't expect it to actually happen there before me. I thought, oh, I'll come out to another time or it'll be someone else or rock will just come out like seeing the ass and then the music hit and everyone went nuts like guys were like flying around the room and I was <laughs> and there was all this was and, and all the signs went up and everyone started chanting and I was absolutely not like I've never experienced that even at Wrestlemania this was just like mind-blowing I was just sitting in my seat going oh my word was, and even my dad my dad was sitting there going Who, who's this and everyone was just jumping up and down screaming going nuts like we were deafened and I don't know how that arena held that flipping cheer because that was a <laughs> big cheer like and just when he came out it just went nuts I don't think because I think some I also thought that they put his video up but he wouldn't actually come out maybe he'd be on screen or something or, yeah and then he just walked out and I was like oh my word he's actually here he's like oh my what and then when he went to do the handshake with Selena, I was like, oh, oh, you know. And then the F5 just blew up the arena again. Everyone was loving that. Brilliant. And I just actually watched the Raw there on Monday because I was on the flight on Monday, so I missed it. And mm-hmm. that's absolutely nuts what happened on Monday. Like, oh. Yeah. Okay. So you've been to WrestleMania 28. You know, like you've traveled for you know so many like so many days. Yeah. Near enough, it would seem. Um, what are your feelings towards then WrestleMania 29? Is it something you're looking into? Is it something because you've been to WrestleMania 28, you want to relive that again? You want to do it again? What are your your thoughts on next year's WrestleMania? Um, I've had this big discussion with my boys. Um, I'm actually still thinking about it. I'm not sure whether I'm going or not. Um, I I said definitely at WrestleMania 28 um, after before Raw. I said if they announce Rock Cena again, I'm not going to WrestleMania 29 because they've already had that moment. I don't want to see that moment again and stuff. But it seems like it won't be Rock Cena, which is good. But I'm just I'm gonna wait and see because the packages come out in July. Mm-hmm. But if I was to go, I. I I would love to go again, Joe, because there's a lot of things. Because this was my first WrestleMania, I tried to cram so much into it, Joe, and there's a lot of things I didn't get to do, which I was really annoyed, Joe. I didn't get around most of the attractions, um, which really annoyed me because I would love to do it all. Joe is so focused on the autograph signings yeah. and getting these autographs. And I was actually talking to my mum about it earlier. She said it would probably be much easier because... Joe, you've got some autographs now, which means you won't have to go and see those people again unless you really want to, which mm-hmm. means you can get new ones, you can relax, you can do the events. And um, I really want to look into, like, Wrestle Reunion and stuff. And I want to go see my first ROH show, ROH show, because they're usually over when WrestleMania's over. They sort of follow WrestleMania when they go Joe, to different places. There's a show on when we were in Miami, but I don't follow ROH, I'm trying to get into ROH, I've actually just um, downloaded the 2002 shows so I'd like to look into like doing other stuff other than just the Wrestlemania access because that took up so much of my time because I was there the Thursday night, the Friday night, the Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon and the Sunday morning and oh. yeah a lot of times and that was like the Saturday morning the Sa- and the Sunday morning I was there since 6 o'clock queuing to get in 
don't because you have to because then you get first in queue and that means you get more stuff done yeah and it was just I loved it but it was such Joe a tough experience because Joe you are going to a lot of stuff you're continuously on your feet you're standing in queues you're running about you're trying to look stuff you're trying to do stuff and then you have the shows maybe that night and you're just going bonkers so I think definitely spread it out maybe over two Wrestlemania's you'll try and get as much done in your first Wrestlemania trying to experience you all the access and stuff and then your second one just take your time just slow everything down and do do what you want to do not what do everyone else that's a raw general manager just buzzing you to say go to Wrestlemania <laughs> next year that's what happened I know that is raw general manager it's Cody Rhodes texting me about tomorrow. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Um, okay, well, having said that, Haley, you know, thanks for coming on and sharing a bit of insight. You know, a lot of people talk about going to WrestleMania, but this is the first time I've heard somebody actually talking about being at a WrestleMania event. Yeah. Um, as is um, part of the course whenever a guest comes on, any of the shows is to promote stuff that they do. So if you want to promote your Twitter account, I know you do stuff on YouTube. <laughs> Feel free to do whatever you need to. The floor is yours. Thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, well, I'm on YouTube. Um, you can follow me. I'm X Swanton Girly X, pretty much on there. I, I'll actually the videos are going up on Saturday. All my WrestleMania videos that includes access, um, random tidbits like the do you know, like the promotional stuff coming on the TV and me freaking out in the hotel room. Um, <laughs> the some of the matches, but I'm gonna have to be careful due to copyright. But some of those should be up. Um, I also show off my figure collection. I'm an, a big figure collector. I actually just bought three more figures today. I shouldn't be buying any more figures. should be saving. But um, <laughs> three more figures today. So I show off my figure collection. I talk about DVDs. I talk about my thoughts on wrestling. So it's a great place to be over there. So that's X Swanton Girly X. And yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm at, I was at Swanton Girly, but I changed it now to at Healy the Tiny. Um, because I'm tiny um, and on there I just t- tweet about life and I I think I did put a few photos up in there about my time so usually I do I'll probably be putting loads up tomorrow if you just want to check me out I'm going to the big show signing tomorrow at Smith's before I go to the show later that night so definitely check me out and thanks Chris for having me so much on the show I love talking to you I love talking about Wrestlemania yeah, no problem at all. Uh, have fun at the high show tomorrow. Um, I hope that Mr. Cody Rhodes, no doubt, will interfere our big show. But <laughs> bear in mind, there's no Titantron there, so you'll not have to see that stupid thing from WrestleMania again. So uh, just thanks, Haley, for coming on. It's been fun to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, well, join us after the break, folks, whenever we'll, uh, Mike and I will discuss more of your top 10 <laughs> wrestling themes. I'm so excited because we're rounding up and it's going to be mine and Mike's and we're going to see who our number one picks are. Are they going to be the same? Are they going to be different? Who knows? So join us after the break. He is the most menacing figure in sports entertainment, annihilating everyone in his path. Brock Lesnar is a bona fide monster. The animal is licking his lips. How deadly and how dangerous is this human being going to be? 1998 Junior College National Champion, 2000 NCAA Division I Champion, 2002 King of the Ring, youngest WWE Champion ever. The Look at the strength of this. Brock Lesnar. Who in the hell will be able to stop the next big thing? 
Now, follow the amazing career of Brock Lesnar, from a skinny kid growing up on a dairy farm, to the most devastating force the WWE has ever seen. Brock Lesnar is untouchable. The Brock Lesnar era has begun. Hey everybody, this is James Sawyer, otherwise known as Sala. Are you a fan of the Mattel Masters of the Universe Classic line? Well, head to motukfigures.com. That's M-O-T-U-C figures.com. We've got some great pictures of the figures. We've got creator interviews, Ask Maddie segments, comic scans, and a whole lot more. After you head there, go on over to facebook.com slash mastersuniverseclassics and join a bunch of other fans in discussing the line. But for now, let's head back to Chris Vent. In an era where champions rose. The boyhood dreams. Legends grew. The Undertaker. And greatness was personified. A whole new attitude rules. These are the greatest stars of the 90s. For the first time ever, own nine hours of in-depth profiles and rarely seen matches of the most captivating, charismatic, and controversial superstars that redefined entertainment. The greatest stars of the 90s. Relive greatness now. Okay, and welcome back from the break. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to Healy Lair talk about WrestleMania. Uh, I know it's something Al and I are seriously considering and hoping to make it up with uh, um, somebody, Mike Lacey. Uh, I don't know who he is, but uh, the guy said he might meet up with us. Um, what do you think of that, Mike? Do you think that would be a good idea? or That's a terrible idea. Okay, um, you come over here then. I can't be bothered. I'm going to meet you then. So, yeah, that's that's, that's fine then. Um, but yeah, uh, just a nice insight to see because she obviously lives in the same uh, same country as ourselves. Uh, although, <laughs> one thing about if we go to WrestleMania, sorry, when we go to WrestleMania, uh, it's a case of I'll not be doing the amount of travelling that she did because um, it's a case of going from. Instead of going like a direct flight to New York, seven hours, I think I could do that. Healy went uh, Belfast to London, London to Chicago or something, Chicago to Washington, and then Washington to Miami, Miami or the other way around. I can't remember that. Uh, Nero spent the day traveling, 24 hours traveling. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely uh, but, crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's dedication for you. That's what WrestleMania brings people to, you know, like especially people from Australia that a twenty four hour straight flight, I would just oh I would need something to knock me out. Hey, you gotta be so you gotta be hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Not, like not, hardcore, not, Holly. not hardcore Holly. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like me now? N- not much after this twenty four hour flight. You're a bit sweaty, if I'm honest. So <laughs> we'll move on and uh just in a totally unrelated note from sweatiness is Ryan Porter um, <laughs> I'm sorry Ryan you know you know I love you um, so he wrote hey yo what's up Chris and Mike Woo-hoo. Ryan Porter here you see that Mike you see that and he actually wrote that because it's in front of you <laughs> making this list proved to be a rather daunting task well I'm sorry uh, you know like I know you read comics all the time which you can check out in Pop Culture Network the Comics Corner and it's on YouTube now how's about that for you Ryan eh? um 
Anyway, so he wrote, so I formed my top 10 list with the criteria of the music I was always the most excited to hear, not necessarily the song or theme that was the best music or best at capturing the spirit of the wrestler, and went with, enough jibber java, on with the list. I don't know most of the proper names of these intros. So number 10 is Sting, Seek and Destroy. An honorary spot, as Sting is my favourite wrestler, and Metallica is my favourite band, even though this was way past Sting's prime. I'm not really familiar with a lot of Sting's work because I never really watched like uh, Nitro whenever like Monday Night Raw was on. It was always a case of watching that over Nitro. Uh, number nine is Goldberg. It may have not had the inverted commas pop that most songs have had on this list, but I still dug it. Uh, number eight, uh, Ultimate Warrior. Even thinking about it now it gives me the strength of the warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it gives you the brain capacity of the warrior as well, Ryan, but that's <laughs> not saying much. Uh, number seven is NWO, Nuff Said. Uh, I like the way he did it in small n, capital W, small O. That was well done, Ryan. Very well done. And number six is The Undertaker traditional five hulk hogan real american new age outlaws i was such a mark to chant along with road dog and i'm saying it loud as i type so let's see this oh you didn't know i'm just waiting for that (laughs) so ryan can then sing that there thanks for doing that mike that was that was well done uh mike is very musical today musical mike he will now be called (laughs) (laughs) number three is booker t always liked it at wcw and i liked it even more when wwe added can you dig it sucker you see i'm actually bringing the the hand closer to my face the way he did i'm not doing a spinnerina because there's too many wires uh number two the rock the awesome one not the lame one without the vocal intro and number one is stone cold steve austin nothing and i mean nothing will blow the roof off an arena like the sound of shattered glass there you have it fellas looking forward to hearing your list and what everyone else gets jacked what everyone else jacked up what else what gets everyone else jacked up duh uh, the next one that Mike's going to read is the guy who decided to change some of his uh, themes around. But any there that kind of stand out for you, Mike? In in Ryan's, um, we we see the Ultimate Warrior popping up again, and now not so much. But back then, I I have to completely one hundred percent agree. You know, it is just no. It made me want to shake the ropes myself. You're standing in front of the TV screen just shaking the ropes. I wonder what if it happened if you put... If somebody with video and editing things could get an intro of Batista and put Ultimate Warrior's theme with it because he used to shake the ropes whenever he went in the ring. True. Goldberg... There's a mixed bag on Goldberg, but I always liked Goldberg. I, I just like the fact that in WCW you said, yeah, Austin, sorry, we can't market you with your black trunks and your black boots and your goody beard. And then you went to WWE and it was just like, okay, uh, pocket on black. <laughs> no pun intended there, I think. <laughs> no, I, I was always, uh, I, I always dug uh, Goldberg. I have to completely agree with, with New Age Outlaws. Yeah. A- absolutely stellar, stellar theme. And the fact that they would come out and and do it live, you know, coming out to the <laughs> ring, it was always a lot better than uh, R Truth or K Quick, as he was known then. Whenever, <laughs> incidentally, he teamed with um, oh, Road Dog. Road Dog. 
I was thinking, I was like, because I had Billy Gunn's name in my head there. <laughs> uh, what about Billy Gunn's theme? The, the S Man? One. No, the oh. one Billy Gunn. You know, the one with the, the trumpet at the start. That was just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Our next one comes from Jonathan Dunleavy. Yeah, his uh, nickname is Joff. J O F F. Don't ask me why. It just is. All right, Joff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we start with number ten, uh, Gangrel. Again, we had that one before, and I completely agree with that. Uh, number nine, Triple H, the game. Number eight, Al Snow. What does everybody want? Uh, I'm not saying I'm not ready to PD podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, John Cena. No, uh, I I know I know, but it's a good tune. It's really not. <laughs> Number six, DX. Uh, number five, Randy Orton. Number four, speaking of Billy Gunn, we have Mister Ass. <laughs> I just don't like. It's just the lyrics in that song. Just uh, he loves to kick him. He loves to flick him. He loves to pick him. Um, <laughs> There are his there's lyrics. Don't lie. That's what he says. Um, so no. <laughs> number three, New Age Outlaws. Number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And number one, the first time we've had this, the APA. Don't take this ass kicking personally. Yeah, um, and use the door as well. Uh, one that Joff was actually wanting to put in here, but didn't was Booker T's. He said that he really liked Booker T's and didn't put in. I can't remember. He did take one of them out here, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Ass, no. John Cena, no. Um, I totally agree with APA being on this. I think that's a brilliant tune. And every time I hear it, if it's on my iPod or whatever, all I can think of is Bradshaw giving the clothesline from hell. Oh, that's yeah. all I can think of, That which is just one of my favorite finishing maneuvers. I don't know. I, um, I have to tell you right, right off the bat, I, I like the, the, the Bradshaw APA gimmick so much better than the JBL thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he went so much further, you know, as a singles competitor and winning the title and all that kind of stuff as JBL, but Bradshaw will always be Bradshaw from the APA for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, next up is Joff's roommate Stevie and his list is number 10 Kurt Angle number 9 APA number 8 Bret Hart number 7 Takamichinoku okay um, <laughs> then we have Stone Cold Steve Austin The Undertaker Kane The Brood Legion of Doom and Tatanka um, that's kind of an odd choice for me um, but yeah, that's that's kind of one that uh, Legion of Doom I'd agree with. Bret Hart, APA, Kurt Angle. Um, I've never really liked Kane's music. Um, even like the Slow Chemical one, the one that had the lyrics in it, mm-hmm. I just I never really liked. And Tatanka's music. Um, <laughs> I, 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 all I can think of is WrestleMania Eight. Whenever Rick Martel says Tatanka is too busy out there scalping tickets. Like it was. <laughs> So, yeah, so, weird one, but, uh, yeah, um, g- good attempt in spelling Michinoku, by the way, that's probably correct. But, uh, I don't yeah. think I'd even attempt that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either, I wouldn't either. <laughs> um, 
But there was one um, here that I forgot to send to Mike, which I'll just do quickly, and then Michael and I will do our lists, uh, which is uh, Jamie McCrory, uh, and he writes, uh, number 10, Triple H, The Game, number 9, Taz, 8, Eddie Guerrero, 7, Hardy Boys, 6, The Rock, If You Smell, 5, Undertaker Normal, 4, Undertaker Badass, Kid Rock, 3, Kurt Angle, 2, Jericho, 1, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, interesting one there. That's the first time we've had Taz as well, which is quite uh, quite a unique one there. Um, thoughts there, Mike? No, I always liked Taz's music. I was always a big fan of Taz. Um, w- way more from his ECW days than his WWE days, but um, I-, I do like the fact that they 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 finally they they give him a a a, a, a nice a nice debut with finally getting. Uh, Breaking uh, Kurt Angle's uh, undefeated streak, they gave him his yeah. first loss to Taz. But um, WWE didn't use Taz the way that he should have been used. Now, for for those that that don't know, I, I live about twenty minutes outside of Philadelphia, which was the stomping grounds of the ECW. So, ECW holds a special place in my heart. Uh, you know, it, I would almost go to say back then in the in the mid to in the mid nineties, uh, 95 to 99 or so when, uh, ECW was really, really going strong and it was kind of, it, it was actually getting to the point where they were surpassing WCW as being the number two in, in the, in, in the chain of command there. Mm-hmm. ECW, ECW was where it was at, man. I, I loved ECW. Um, I know a lot of people don't like him from his WWE and his WCW and his WCW um, careers there, but Rob Van Dam in ECW as the as the TV champion, he was carrying that company on his back, and he was amazing when he could do, you know, the his actual moves when he could do the Van Daminator, uh, you know, when when he broke out the Van Terminator the first time. And he left from the one turnbuckle all the way to the other turnbuckle, uh, to turnbuckle, and and mm-hmm. uh, just absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big EC Dub fan. I'll I'm not really. I haven't really watched a lot of them. Um, to be honest with you, I I, I mean, I, I enjoyed like um, whenever they did the one last stand, you know that kind of thing, or one night stand. Sorry, I enjoyed whenever they did that. Um, I think they should have stopped it there rather than really dragging ECW's name through the mud and then just, you know, like a, a kind of being... It was almost like a a place where you'd see people from like the Ohio Valley Wrestling or Florida the Championship Wrestling, you know, almost appear on that, you know, like wrestlers you weren't very familiar with. Well, that's what happened like on- is when, when, Vince, when Vince bought uh, the rights to ECW, he didn't really like the product that they had so he kind of just crapped all over it basically hmm. you know it would have been i don't ecw when when paulie had it really had the right formula for the niche audience that it had it, it was not going to appeal to the super mainstream wrestlers uh wrestling fan it was definitely a, a, a there was definitely a niche product but it had its fans it had the hardcore, rabid Philadelphia, New York fans. You know, we had the, the the ECW arena here in South Philadelphia, and also they they were real big at, up at the Hammerstein uh, in in New York City. 
And that that fan base was more rabid for ECW than it ever was for WWF. And I know that Vince likes to think that New York is his territory and is, is his crowd than Madison Square Garden is. But that smaller arena, that that rabid Northeast uh, fan base, he could never touch with with yeah. WWE the way that ECW did. And I think he kind of didn't like that and took it personally and kind of when he was in control of ECW kind of kind of took took the freedom he that he had to kind of say you know what this is what I think of uh, of of your product and kind of you know really threw it down the toilet they really should have there's there's no way they had so many ECW originals on the roster at the time there's no reason why they couldn't have just ran ECW as ECW and just funded it with WWE money. He could have just told Paul. He could have just told Paul Lee and said, "Hey, here's my money. You run ECW the way that you've been running it. Here's just the money to fund it." But they could have done that with WCW whenever they did the invasion angle, which lasted all of what about six months, if that. You know, they could have played that out and had, instead of having Raw and SmackDown, you could have had Raw and WCW, and you could have had, you know, them rivaling against each other, right, you could which just... would have led to, which would have led to better pay-per-views than, you know, bragging rights, and I've never heard anyone, you know, what well, we were uh, bragging rights, we've got bragging rights, and you're like, SmackDown's terrible, yada, 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 it's a case of, yeah, it's like Batista versus Umaga, WrestleMania for, uh, battle for brand supremacy. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you would have never had to have had the whole brand split thing to begin with. You could have kept WCW the way that it was. Obviously, you were going to have certain certain guys like Sting that decided he didn't want to work for Vince at the time. You weren't going to be able to. Uh, I don't know how the contracts worked exactly at that time, but obviously, they not everybody that was under contract was forced to go work for Vince because um, you know you had Goldberg hold out. You had Sting decide that he didn't. He decided that for whatever reason or whatever moral reason that that he had at the time that he decided he didn't want to work for Vince. Um, you would have lost certain guys like that, but there's no reason why you couldn't have kept WCW the way that it was and kept ECW the way that it was. Because at, at the end of the day, nobody really cares who the financial backer is. Okay, fine, you own it. Just run it the way that 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 it was. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we had the invasion angle. Um, it, it was one of my favorite one of my favorite angles that they've ever done, but there's no reason why after you know uh, after that Survivor Series, you know for control, that the WCW guys couldn't have just went back to WCW, yeah, and 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 just ran it that way. And you could have had you could have rather than having such a large roster in the WWE and having to make the brand split, you know Raw and SmackDown. They could have had the WWE roster, they could have had the WCW roster, and they could have had the ECW roster, and they all could have had their own respective shows. And every show was different. Uh, you, you know, ECW had that hardcore uh, niche audience that, that it had. WCW had more of that older audience, uh, and, and WW, WWF, WWE had their you know, the young mainstream audience. And, and I think everybody could have been happy. And then you could have done, you know, a, a bit of uh, brand interaction here and there, and it would have been special at that time. Yeah, true. Okay, so now's the time that you've been waiting for the end of the podcast. No, <laughs> it's Mike and I are going to go through our top 
top 10 list and then at the end of the show you'll be able to hear uh, Mike's first uh, which is kind of just it's not going to be three minutes of each thing don't worry it's like maybe 30 40 seconds uh, maybe about five minutes for Mike's five minutes for mine um, so just if you want to have a little listen feel free to do so so Mike uh, your number 10 pick sir my number 10 was the honky-tonk man mine was the rock electrifying my number nine was NWO. Chris Jericho, Break the Walls. The Undertaker. Jake Roberts, Snake Bit. Uh, the Rock. Uh, the first time and only time this appeared in the list was Jack Swagger, Get on Your Knees. <laughs> I love that tune so Keep that much. that to yourself, sir. <laughs> Fine, thanks. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, I like, I cheat, I steal. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Smoke and Mirrors, his current one, the 2011 version of it. Uh, my number five is Macho Man, Randy Savage, Pomp and Circumstance. And Triple H, The Game, by Motorhead. I'll just do Ben Harder and just say that's it. <laughs> uh, number four, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Glass Shatters, Disturbed. Uh, four, Edge, On This Day, by Metalingus. And my number three was Edge, same thing. Uh, number three is Stone Cold. I won't do what uh, you tell me. Number two, D Generation X. Number two, CM Punk, Cult of Personality. And number one, Hulk Hogan, Real American. And number one, Hulk Hogan, Real American. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we, we were kind of different there up until number one, where we both had the same. Um, so, yeah, um... Whenever I looked at your list, I was just like, okay. Not that I had done my list before Mike had sent his list, ladies and gentlemen, even though, you know, like some of mine are different, you know, like Mike's Stone Cold Steve Austin version is different than my one, and the only one that we seem to have similar was um, Hulk Hogan's because The Rock's one is his current one that he used at WrestleMania 28, whereas Mike's one is the older version. Is that correct? Yes. I, I might even give me YouTube links so I would be able to know how different they were, you know, because there were certain versions that Mike liked of the, that. So, uh, anything that kind of springs out from my list, Mike? <coughs> As you cough up a furball. <laughs> no, it, it's a solid list. Uh, mine's better, but um. It... <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Wrestle Shock will be just me talking, ladies and gentlemen. So, like, uh, Jack Swagger surprised me. I, I, I don't know a, what it's a, good, it, it's a good theme. I, I do like, yeah. I do like the theme. Uh, he's a wrestler that slightly grows on me from time to time. I just wish they would push him correctly. I think him and Dolph Ziggler as a tag team should be running, uh, running right in uh, WWE instead of like the Usos and. Oh, he slitter. Oh, I, I completely agree. Wrestling is, is severely devoid of a tag team division right now. Uh, yeah. TNA has a better one, but even they at this point don't have a very good one. Uh, I really wish that WWE would go back to the days uh, of, of tag team wrestling. Um, we even talked about this on, on the last episode with uh, Air Boom and the fact that it's basically just two single competitors being thrown together as a tag team. I really think yeah. that Jack Swagger and Dolph Ziggler would make an awesome tag team, mm-hmm. and so and especially with with Vicky Guerrero, they they have a manager already in place. I don't understand why why they don't say it, but and everywhere I go, everybody, you know, all, all the people that I talk to that are wrestling fans, 
feel the same way that they wish the tag team wrestling would would come back. Like at WrestleMania, we had the tag team titles defended at the dark match in a triple threat match that lasted five minutes. You really could get an amazing main event, even if it's done right with a tag team with a tag team title match. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, um, I think it's one of the DVDs, the Allied Powers, the best of. Um tag teams um, but I honestly I think a lot of it is back from back in the day you know because the only ones you can really think of were you know, like now were like NWO DX Legacy Evolution you know Air Boom as you said then you have tag teams like The Awesome Truth that seem to go for a wee while and then split up or Jericho or Showmiz you know things like that where it's <laughs> you know it's kind of a case of let's just splice their music together and their names, and let's uh, have fun with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really wish that on the Raws and Smackdowns you had more tag teams. I don't understand where for Raw and uh, Smackdown you would have like a ten man tag team match. There's no need for that. Um, but but I, I don't know whether I just dreamt this or I read about this that Vince wanted to do like a triple tag team, you know. A belt thing, you know, the way he's got like the tag teams, he wanted to have one for like groups of three or something like that. I can't remember if that was WWE or TNA though. I don't know. If you dreamt that, I hope that was just a dream. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to go over, Mike, before we round this up? I think it was a, a, a solid show. I, I definitely, I really want to thank all the people that submitted their lists. Um, yeah. It really made this episode very fun and one that I was looking forward to for the last week, week and a half or so. So uh, more audience participation is, is absolutely awesome. So when we do the, the the top five matches, and no, you can't cheat by saying no particular order. You you you, <laughs> you, you must write an order. Make a decision, yes. damn it. <laughs> and the other thing is is that um, there are two matches that are to be stricken from your top five. Now you can certainly write it down as an honorable mention and say like this would have made my top five but the only reason we're not putting these on the list is because this will be on everyone's list. It's The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25 or 26 and Undertaker versus Triple H from WrestleMania 27 or 28. Um, you cannot have those matches on your list because they will appear so many times. Um, I you know, if you want to put it on your, you could certainly say, you know, this, you know, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at twenty-five would have made my list, or Undertaker versus Triple H at twenty-eight would have made my list. Uh, that's fine. You could certainly do that, and we'll certainly read that out. But just for your top five matches of all time, can be from anything. Uh, do you want to keep this WWE, Mike, or do you want to go WWE, WCW, ECW? Um. Or should we let the viewers decide on what their top five matches are? Yeah, who are we to tell them what, what their top five is? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, just um, if you can tr certainly write down, obviously, the participants and the event that happened. If you have the year, great. You know, like if it's one from back in, like, 1983, and you can't remember the date, you can write 1980-ish or around date. It doesn't have to be, like... A, you know, it has to be one that we ever, people may have seen. Not like okay. yes, Randy Orton versus Sheamus at a house show in Belfast that only like ten thousand of us saw. We're gonna get like a Buddy uh, Rogers match or something like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, like King Kong Bundy and Little Beaver. Uh, you know, 
things like that. So yeah, um, just write in uh, whatever you want, and then as we said, honorary mentions if you have um, any of those matches that we've said. Um, sorry, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. I doubt very much you're listening, but uh, it's not a case of we're saying your matches rubbish. We're just we know that they're going to be on everyone's list. That's why we're admitting them. But feel free to write as a footnote what one would appear on your list and we'll make sure to write it out and then we can even see which one was the most popular and then that could be the the Undertaker's uh, greatest match at WrestleMania or something like that I don't know uh, okay so Mike thank you very much for hopping on I know you're kind of feeling under the weather so a speedy recovery to you uh, I did tell you how to land from the ladder whenever um whenever uh, Alan Price pushed you off it um, <laughs> but that's why you have the headache but um, I hope you feel better soon uh, is there anything sir you would like to promote at all uh, we have a little uh, a little bit of a side project uh, not a side project but definitely a project that we have going on called uh, What the Shell Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle podcast um, that, that we're doing with yourself myself Dylan Cook and Sween Halleck um, you can follow us on Twitter at at TM, TMNT Shell. You can also follow myself personally on Twitter at, at MLacy91 and feel free to follow me. Okay, sweet. Uh, yeah, so obviously you're listening to this on the Operation Retroshock theme, uh, th- feed, not theme, I'm stuck, stuck with themes. Um, yeah, so obviously if you're a fan of uh, this here, listen to Operation Retroshock with Alan Price and myself. Um, we've got a new episode um, coming out very soon. <clears throat> to do with uh, sequels and their special you know the, the fact is what sequels did we like and there's one that we did not like and uh, we'll talk about that kind of briefly because I was then getting picked up and uh, somebody was early so it was kind of a little bit rushed um, but the film is poop anyway <laughs> even though uh, I think uh, TFG1 Mike uh, may disagree Um but yeah you can certainly uh, listen to that uh, you can follow the Retroshock podcast this is obviously done in conjunction with Operation Retroshock at Retroshock 316 um, you can uh, also follow me personally at Vinto 316 because um, I say so <laughs> and uh, yeah any of your top 5 um, matches of all time uh, email Vinto 316 at com. um be putting up on Twitter and Facebook and stuff about uh, when you have to have them in by and that'll be our next special or if there's something you would like Mike and I to cover Mike and I will be doing DVD reviews and stuff of like past ones and upcoming ones which are obviously done in conjunction with our good friends at silvervision.co.uk where you can go and pre-order any DVDs uh, that are upcoming or if there's like any DVDs you're looking for like 2007 or something they are doing a stock clearance sale a lot of DVDs there for £5 uh, and you can follow them on Twitter as well just at silvervision um so yeah um thanks very much to everyone for sending in their wrestling themes and we'll round out the show with uh mike's top 10 themes and my top 10 themes so once again thanks very much say thanks mike thanks mike Uh, and uh yeah we will um we will all enter the ring together at some stage and uh, talk about our top five um matches of all time so until then goodbye I got a long set burns in my 
better get ready Bow to the masters Break it down! You think you know me?
the cult of personality.